0: Hey, everyone. This is Kevin here from the Drinking Liberally podcast, and I want to invite all of my fellow political junkies to a Democratic debate viewing party over here in Jersey City, where we record the podcast. It's taking place at 7 p.m. on Thursday, June 27th. That's night two of the debates at The Morgan in Jersey City, New Jersey. If you're local, come join us. We'd love to meet you. For more details, check out the Drinking Liberally Facebook page or on our website at www.drinkingliberallypod.com. Hope to see you all there. Hello and welcome back to the Drinking Liberally podcast, the show that combines good alcohol with some friendly political banter. I'm Kevin Wilson and I am rejoined this week by the new papa, Jeff Fenner. How's everyone doing? Welcome back, Jeff. It's good to have you here. Thank you. How's the daughter?
1: She's good. Not sleeping a lot, but uh, my poor wife. I see wife. the bags under your eyes. Yeah, I, I'm sleeping. My no. is not. <laughs> I'm pretty useless at this Help point. Help her out, man. Help her uh, out. I am. I'm do changing right a thing. lot of
0: diapers. Good. Excellent to hear. We're also joined by our reoccurring co-host here, Dennis Skeet. Hey, everybody. I'm back. Dennis, you've been relegated to our third mic this week instead of uh, co-host duty. How do you feel about this?
2: Not a problem. Uh, Jeff and I just arm wrestled for it, and I lost, so... That's okay. you know shit happens. It's I like nice your, to see you two made up. I like your shirt though. Thank you very much.
0: I like uh, I like your
2: shirt.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah. So f- since uh podcasting is a incredibly visual medium and uh, <laughs> no, just check <laughs>
1: ch- check our Instagram for that. Yeah,
0: they're wearing some very similar shirts. We'll post a picture later. The Buddha Judge Boys over here. Yep,
1: that's right, <laughs> boy. Well, Ooh, man,
0: you heard the podcast last week, So you know his yeah. his allegiances have shifted a little bit. They have. Right?
2: Look, I'm back. I'm back in the group. Buddha Judge Boys. Wow, I'm back let's in.
0: go! Look at this flip
2: flopper over no, here. No, no, I'm not <laughs> flip flopping. I'm just I, I can be. I'm straddling both right here. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a Blue Judge Boy, and I'm also I'm back in Elizabeth Warren as well. Do you want them on the same ticket? Is that the dream? I declined to express that last week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I'm okay. not I'm not I'm not going there All yet. Right. Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll put you in the hot seat for that a little later let's after, drink the, after the debates go. Yeah, yeah let's drink. Let's yeah. drink. You guys ready uh, for some news and brews? Let's go. This week, we are drinking the Rinse and Repeat IPA from the Westbrook Brewing Company over in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, which Jeff, I understand, is another place you used to live.
1: I live there. I spent a couple years in Mount Pleasant. Beautiful place. Best place I've ever lived in my life. Love. Shout out to them. I feel like. Beaches
0: everywhere. Seventy percent of our episodes, you've lived in the town where we've picked up beers from. Yeah, you've just been traveling all over. You're the wanderer.
1: I did. I got out there a little bit. Yeah. when I was younger, did some traveling.
0: All right, so let's talk a little bit about this beer. It's a seven percent alcohol by volume. Pretty low carbonation to it, though. Uh, very crisp. It's dry hopped with two hops from New Zealand. I actually had to uh, text my my cousin's husband. Who is from New Zealand to try and figure out how to pronounce these words? Ooh, I'm gonna drop. probably <laughs> screw it up anyway, but uh, this one's for you, Aaron, out there. It's brewed with Matauaka hops and wakatu hops.
2: Ooh,
0: that we'll sounds good. That's
1: right? You sound so cultured.
0: Yeah, right. No yeah. one's gonna know the difference except for Aaron. So <laughs> shout out to you, brother. <laughs> They're really good. I mean, those hops apparently give it uh, the hint of lime. That's where that comes from in this beer. It's from those two specific hops out of New Zealand. It's got a really hazy orange pour to it. Very thick. No light getting through that. Very cloudy. Foamy head when you first pour this. I love this beer. It's very, very tasty. It's a good summer IPA. Pretty light, not overly hoppy. You guys uh, get a chance
1: to taste this yet? Yeah, I really liked it. The, I could taste the lime in it. Very good summer beer. Definitely yeah. something to have out on the beach.
2: I haven't had any yet, but I'm going to I'm gonna try it in a little bit and check it out.
0: Because, uh, as usual, Dennis's... Forging his own path, drinking something different from us. He's got his uh his rum from Barbados. Yes.
2: Yeah, I mean look, I'm just not a. am not a like a fancy beer guy like you guys are. Like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, before, me. Before before we started this podcast, I used to drink Miller Light. Now <laughs> Kevin has ruined
1: that for me completely. So Good. now I do drink as some, I should have. I drink some better beers now. But uh yeah, no, I'm not a fancy beer guy either. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. I still <laughs> drink
0: Miller Light on, on occasion anyway. Yeah. It's all about the mood. Shout out to Miller Light.
1: Yeah. One
0: thing about this beer, I noticed uh, there's a tagline on here that says shower tested and approved. Going in with their uh, rinse and repeat name. Have you guys ever had a shower beer? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, recently. Yeah. Recently. Yesterday, you, the baby was being born and you were in the Gosh, shower yeah. and you're like, oh shit, got to get to the
1: hospital. That, nothing better than a good shower beer. <laughs> what about you, Dennis? No, no. no You've never? never had a beer
2: in the shower? I, I have not. That's not. A th- I didn't know that was a thing. I, I, I guess I need to give that a shot. Huh? You should.
1: I, Cocktails in the shower, not as good. Beer in the shower, fantastic. i imagine
0: you need the can to really keep the uh, the yeah. water from the shower head getting in there. Can in the bottle, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, first time I ever shower beer. I was in college visiting friends up at uh, Salve Regina. We were just like getting ready to go out for the night and had to change or whatever. And I went to go take a shower. And like, what do you mean you're not taking a beer with you? I'm like, what? That's a thing. Oh yeah. And it was wonderful. I highly recommend it to anyone who has never wow. had a shower beer.
1: In Michigan we start that when we're yeah. like 14. It's just what you do. <laughs> it's a rite of passage
2: for I, puberty there for you guys. I clearly have not lived. I need to <laughs> I need to contemplate some things and mistakes I've made in life. Yeah,
1: you got to try this. Report back. Yeah, I will.
2: Let us know. Don't take pictures,
1: but report back. (laughs) Right, right. That's not
0: going on the Instagram. (laughs) So this would be the beer we're drinking today, that Rinse and Repeat IPA from Westbrook Brewing Company out of South Carolina. Awesome beer. Check it out, everybody. And that's going to get us through some of our uh, tougher discussions today, but we're going to start a little lighter this week. And that's going to be some debate talk because the Democratic debates are coming our way next week, Wednesday, June 26th and Thursday, June 27th. Because the field is so wide, it's been split into two days. There's 20 candidates that made the cut, and they actually had to develop criteria to to decide which of those candidates made it. The way they made those decisions was that a candidate had to either have 1% in three different surveys that are approved by the uh, DNC, the Democratic National Committee, or have 65,000 or more donors. And of that 65,000, 200 of them had to be from at least 20 different states. Okay. Right, so they're trying to really... Make sure that the people that are included here are talking to different states. They have representation across the different states. They're registering with voters there, and they've got some name recognition, so that we're not just wasting our time. in Some of these just on somebody tier in people.
1: California that was able to get sixty-five thousand people from their neighborhood.
0: Right. right. Yeah. yeah. When 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 I submitted my name for this, I fell a little short. <laughs> I only hit fifty thousand, unfortunately, but maybe next time.
1: Some
2: grassroots support.
1: I had my family from Michigan donate to you too. I just, yeah.
0: I'm also a little didn't too have young 200. to run for president right now, so it's just a, try, a dry run. You know? Gotcha. We'll, we'll figure it out next time. So we ended up with 20 total candidates here.
1: That's a lot of candidates.
0: It's still a ton. Jesus. Yeah. I love it. Yeah? I'm I, a big I'm fan? I'm
2: all about it. I love it.
0: Uh, Let's talk about that first before we jump into like who the candidates are. Like Just the idea of having a giant
2: pool. I want to hear people. why you love this. Yeah. Actually. Tell us about it. Okay. So now that you put me on the spot, let me take a step back. Clearly. Now he doesn't love it. No, no, no. Clearly, there were... Republican primaries in 2016 were a complete nightmare. Mm-hmm. We we all have images of that, uh, of them announcing the candidates and <laughs> people coming out in, in the wrong order and just Ben standing, Carson standing there the yeah, entire or bat, time in the tunnel for Whoops. like 20 minutes. Call, like it, it, yes, it can be a disaster, but I think the Democratic Party, the ideas that all the candidates are coming out with, you've got you know candidates that are focused on you know the Green New Deal and climate change. You've got uh, you got candidates that are focused on uh, universal basic income. You know, you got such a wide range and I'm here for all of it. I want to hear all about it. Let's go.
1: Jeff, it seems you disagree about the 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 field size. Yeah, I I mean, I know we've got a lot of debates coming up, so I don't want to jump off a cliff here overreacting on it but this is just it's way too much 10 people on that stage trying to get their points across you know a lot of the criticism that's come through is about policy Um, either some candidates really putting out their policies some not enough we're not really going to have a lot of time here to delve into that Um, I just I think it's too many for for this kind of stage I, I prefer if it was 10 right now maybe 12 six on each stage uh, but you know they have to cut some time out of this. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. So yeah, just, Right now we've got
0: like every Tom, Dick, and Harry is, oh, what am I, 80? I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you are old enough to run for president because you made that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <But laughs> Everyone decided that they are capable of becoming
1: the candidate. And
0: How do you feel about
1: debates with this many people?
0: I don't like that there's this many people, but here's the silver lining that I see in it right now with such a wide field Donald Trump has to like shotgun spray across a wide group here he can't focus on one candidate just yet and he has been saving a lot of it for Joe Biden because Joe Biden's been leading in the national polls and head-to-heads against Donald Trump but the fact that a lot that Biden's kind of taken that flack and a lot of the other candidates that I really support and believe in are Kind of in the background right now, and be able to build their groundswell
1: organically, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: and avoid having Donald Trump make them, you know, a laughing stock or trying to make them a laughing stock. I think that's beneficial to allow those other candidates to really have like Joe Biden as the shield, and the rest of the field is able to debate ideas, as Dennis said, and hopefully at the end of this process, we get the best candidate still standing. And their ideas have shifted a little bit from what they initially came in with to one that represents that very wide range of voters. Yeah, that would vote for any of
1: those twenty people. You know what the sad thing is about that? We talk about it and I wonder if you guys feel the same way. I almost feel like the candidates aren't legit until he talks about them, though. In my personally, like mm-hmm. in my head, when I when it, like obviously have been a pretty big vocal supporter of Mayor Pete. And it it bothered me for a while when Trump hadn't gone at him, and then when he did, I was like, "Okay, you're there, you're 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 big time now." And it makes me sick that I, in my mind, need Trump's validation to feel that my candidate's a valid run. But if he hasn't talked about you, most likely you're probably not at this point a real real valid contender. It'll
0: it'll make you look at that candidate and be like, "Oh, someone that." he's never heard of mayor pete is now googling him and be like who the hell is this mayor pete guy? that's like, why why did trump bring him up
1: and he actually helps them with that
0: i think so i think it's beneficial to them in a way uh when he first gets him on the radar but it really he'd be a terrible poker player because no. he very <laughs> much just shows you who he's worried about at the time
1: yeah 100 percent
0: because it's been biden because he's been at the top of the polls when Warren uh, started surging in California, which we can talk about in a little while, he started making some comments about Warren again. Like, you know where his focus is. You know where his campaign manager is telling him, oh, crap, you got to keep an eye on this person because he's so transparent about it. It's the one thing that his administration is transparent about.
1: Yeah, yep. And he's going to attack the Warrens, the Peets, specifically because he does not want to be at a debate stage with them. I almost feel like he's probably got a chance on the debate stage with Biden just because I think maybe there'll be kind of some back and forth that he's comfortable with. I don't think he's going to be comfortable with the policy back and forth or, you know, with Pete on that stage. That's
2: that'd be tough for Trump. So you can see why he's attacking early. That's that's um, why I am. Yeah, I'm not he, sure. I I th- I think he's going to run his play regardless of who's on stage. I mean, I don't think it's a matter of him being comfortable with who's who he's debating I mean you had him creeping behind Hillary just like standing over her shoulder like that's a good point like I just think he's gonna do whatever he does regardless I don't I don't think it's a matter of him being comfortable or not I think I do think you're right like he's totally transparent and you can see who he's afraid of well that's why he's afraid of those
1: two specifically he's afraid of Warren and her policies I guarantee he doesn't want anything to do with that and Pete's Seems to be pretty intelligent. <laughs> he can't. And unfortunately, have our our president doesn't seem to be that intelligent. So that would be a, a battle of wits. He's not probably up for. Right. He
0: he can't have a policy debate. If it boils down to that, he will lose. But as Dennis just pointed out, in 2016 against Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton made it a policy debate, and that didn't really work great right for him. Yeah, he's, uh, that's not. He the was able to having. avoid talking about policy the every single debate, even even in the primaries against Republicans. Yeah.
2: Didn't even have to do that. It was just yeah, fearmongering attacks. Yeah, attacks. That's that's his game. That's his game. Well,
1: you got to know too. One of the advantages, not to go crazy into this, but he's not going to be the that that strategy is not going to be a new thing now, right? In 2016, no one had seen that before. Like, no, no one can be prepared. Not for something. in modern world. It's like somebody you're going into a fight with somebody that boxes right hand, and all of a sudden they switch left in the first round, and you're like, what the. I haven't fought a left-handed fighter. You're probably going to lose that fight because you didn't prepare for it. There's no way anybody could have prepared for what Trump did in that run-up to that election or anything he did. But now they know the game plan. And this man is not somebody I think that's going to switch on the fly. He's not going to all of a sudden now show up with a bunch of policies in 2020. Absolutely not. So they know the game plan, and we should be able to prepare for it, and we should win this.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. So let's talk a little bit about how the two nights have been broken down then. So there were 20 cans, as we said. It was a random drawing. The whole idea is they didn't want to stack one night over the other, but it kind of ended up playing out that way regardless. Big time. So I'm not going to go through all 20 here, but let's just give you like the top five on each night, okay? Night number one, June 26th, we've got Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Amy Kobachar, Julian Castro. That's our top five. And there's a massive drop-off after Warren as far as Polling numbers there,
1: yeah. I night- feel that's that's uh wow. W- yeah. What a draw for Warren. Yeah, let, yeah. Let's talk about after we talk <laughs> okay. about the second night. Yeah,
0: uh, night two we've got some of the more heavy hitters here, uh, polling wise. We've got Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris. The Buttigieg boys will Pete. be represented here. Mayor Pete, nice. And then um, CEO Andrew Yang. I like him. Yeah. So that's the five there. I look at this list and I'm like, holy shit, can you just give Warren a bye week and just let her move on to the next round?
1: This is like the final, this is like in March Madness, right? Yeah. When uh, you got like a, a Duke in there and all of a sudden you get like a 14 seed that doesn't upset, a 12 seed doesn't upset, and they both get into the lead eight with Duke and Duke's like, Oh my God! I get to go through the Mac right on my way Just to the demolish Final your four. way through. Yeah, this is. I mean, and you know, I'm sorry, O'Rourke. I'm sorry, Booker. I'm sorry, Klobuchar. You're, no, they're not on the same playing field no, right
0: now. And maybe maybe they surprise us next week. That's maybe side, they do. I'm looking. I'm forward. not putting money on it, but I'm I'm interested to see what they have to hear. But I think Warren Night One will run away with that. Yeah. Night Two is a different story.
1: Yeah, if they were if they were splitting this fairly, I actually think it's. Pretty well But I mean if they flipped Sanders and O'Rourke Now we got something Better are I think yeah. Beto should have Went over If they were able to do that I think if you just swap, swap those two names Now you're probably Pretty pretty close here Yeah
0: Having Warren and Sanders Kind of have to Differentiate themselves I think that helps a Dennis lot Dennis does not
1: agree No? I don't I don't know You think Biden Would have to flip to make it? Well that's what it's Going to come down to yeah, right? I don't know man I, I Biden versus Warren that, I feel
0: like that's Look that's what that's, I, that's wanted, way to right I wanted To see the way it's looking Right now I
2: wanted to see Warren and Biden on the same night. That uh, from day one I was saying. But we're, we're going to get that eventually, yeah. This is not. This is not the only right, debate yeah. we're going to see right, yeah. right. So but next think,
1: time we're probably going to see the the ten that you just named are probably going to be the next 8 to 10 right. people well, on the of stage. Have, and, have,
0: and Bill De Blasio and Hickenlooper and all these other guys will be out of there. Nonsense.
1: Oh, Bill.
2: Well, if these other guys if you know, if you got 8 to 10 people here that are going to drop out, Ryan Those numbers have away. to go somewhere and <laughs> I would hope Castro can pick up enough to stay around. I like yeah. him. Because, uh, yeah, I definitely like him. I want to see him go for it a little further.
0: I'm interested in what he has to say. Yeah. But like a Eric Swallow. Bye. At the bottom there with 0.2%. Yeah. Williamson. Sorry. Go,
1: go
2: run for Senate go. seats, yeah. governorships. Come on.
0: Right. There's other places you can help out the cause.
2: Don't waste your money. I will say, let me just, let me just get this one out here. In a different era, like a non-Trump era maybe, I don't think there's anyone on this list that's not a legitimate candidate for president. There's a couple. On this list? Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a couple that
2: Ryan is don't not stand a, a chance. Ryan de Blasio. No, are you saying based no, on
0: I, I disagree. You can actually that be elected qualified to be or that could electable. get elected. Yeah, yeah two very different questions Tim Because Ryan's I oh, no, think yeah, a lot qualified. of these people are qualified, and I like their ideas and what their headset is, but I don't think they stand a chance in hell of getting
1: elected. Even before Trump. Right. Yeah, I don't well, think de Blasio is a, a president of the United States guy, even before
2: Trump. No. I I mean, it depends who he's running against. Well, everything depends on circumstances. (laughs) (laughs) I get get what you're saying, but I... In this year, clearly, eight to ten of these people should just not be running. Correct. Yes, no I
0: I agree with that. And we also have, I think, probably one of the most qualified fields we've had in a long time. We were talking off mic about the 2008 election and how that was, you know, it's kind of stacked as far as some heavy hitters mean Barack Obama broke through and that was yeah. a surprise for a reason. Like it just nobody, wasn't as deep, right? Right. It wasn't as deep, but nobody thought that, you know, Joe Biden or <laughs> Hillary Clinton were going to be knocked out in that race.
1: I and, do want to say something about mm-hmm. um, our party though, the Democrats. You know, you look across the aisle at what the Republicans have coming up behind Trump, and I don't see anything. What is there? Yeah, I don't see anything. And you look at this list with I mean we're pretty deep in terms of people that can make a difference and hold high yeah. positions and, and young Castro Yang, uh, Buddha judge, obviously yeah. like we're Booker. I mean, it's, you know, the top of it's a little bit older um, with Warren Biden and Sanders. Of course, we mm-hmm. look at Beto and everything down. I mean, this isn't the last run for these guys. This no, isn't the last time they're going to be in something major, whether it's Senate races. So looking at this list that just, this just dawned on me, we're in really good hands. If, a lot of these people stay idealistic and stay with what they want to do and stay involved, even if they lose this, because obviously not everybody's going to win. I like where our party's at right now.
0: Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. For every Biden out there, there's a overwork. You yeah, know? Like it's great. It's, it's a good, Fantastic. good position to be in.
1: We did bury the lead, though. June 27th, that debate. It's a big day for uh, drinking liberally. That's true. Yes. Why is it? We are holding a watch party. It's a Democratic watch party for all the candidates. Uh, We did do it through Mayor Pete's campaign. Of course Um, he did. Yeah. They're the (laughs) only ones that emailed me about it. I get 794 emails a week from Biden. Not one asked me to hold a watch party. Um, So he should have. The only one that did ask us to hold a watch party was Buttigieg's campaign. Um, And we're doing it. So we're doing it in Jersey City at the the morgan Um, so if you're listening to this you're in the area please come join us i think it's going to be from 8 p.m to 11 but you can start showing up at 7 we will have full details on this in the footnotes on our instagram on our facebook and everywhere else you follow us so we'd love to see any of you listeners out there and uh, come hang out with us and
2: we'll have the pod running you can get on here and have your put your take out there it's going to be a good time if you uh if you're free that night and you want to watch it with some like-minded people come out it's gonna be fun
0: i am super jealous that i will not be there yeah, oh,
2: so ladies but, out there, I was listening to the deep
1: voice host of this. He unfortunately will not be able to make his presence felt. So Yeah, uh, I mentioned <laughs> on last week's pod that I'm,
0: I'm going to be out camping and probably disconnected from the internet for a few days, but I'll be doing my best to catch up on all the highlights on my way back from upstate New York. Yeah, but come and, out
1: and join. Make Kevin proud. Yeah. Exactly. He'll be yeah. very happy to see a bunch of people came out to get involved. and Stop see by, hard.
0: drink some beers, watch some debates have some debates among yourselves yeah
1: we'd love to get everybody's thoughts and takes so we're gonna have Mike's live there yeah and uh, it's gonna be a good night
0: let's move on to our next topic and that's gonna be some updates in Trump's orbit the people surrounding him number one we're gonna go with some recommendations that we just received from the special counsel office the uh, OSC they recommended that Kellyanne Conway be fired from the administration For her, quote, egregious, notorious, and ongoing, end quote, violations of the Hatch Act. Wow. Now, any listeners that aren't familiar with what the Hatch Act is, uh, that states that federal employees are not allowed to make political and partisan statements while serving in their roles, which Kellyanne Conway essentially violates on a daily basis. Every time she's (laughs) on a news show, she's standing for some GOP candidate or bashing some Democratic candidate. You're actually not allowed to do that. When you're paid by the taxpayers, it's a big no-no to take a stance like that. Contrary to what the White House believes right now, the White House counsel says, you know, the Office of Special Counsel is overstepping their bounds and they're violating Kellyanne Conway's First Amendment rights, which is freedom of speech. But there are regulations to that when you are a federal employee. You and I can bash a candidate all we want, Promote whoever we want But when you're part of the White House You're not allowed to explicitly come out and say You know, screw Doug Jones In the uh, Senate race in Alabama
2: One thing that's that's great about all this Is um, for those people that are interested in politics Having Trump as president We're learning so many new things mm. About how our government works Because we've like probably never had someone That's violated And his administration has violated So many rules Like the Spence special Council, I never knew this existed, and right and well, now you it's know it's a the new OSC thing. was a thing, yeah, exactly. You
0: because nine times out of ten, it the government runs as it's designed to do, right? And right now, it's not, and we're seeing that strain on all the institutions as we progress further and further into the term of this administration. Well, it's wild about this one in particular because you say, All right, fine, you're angry that she doesn't like Democratic candidates like Crimea River, so, yeah, sure, I get that point. is, the special counsel in charge of this office right now is Henry Kerner, who Trump himself appointed. So he's probably... I'd say he leans right, Yeah, probably. most likely. And even he is like, hey, Kellyanne, cut the shit. She's got to go. You're going way too far overboard with this. You've broken the law multiple times. You cannot do this anymore. And it's wild because Kellyanne is just no, not, uh, so nonchalant about it that she was asked... A while ago, before this news broke, but like, hey, um, what do you do? You have any fears that you're breaking the Hatch Act with your, you know, your endorsements? And she's like, well, show me the jail sentence. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, just laughs it. She knows. She knows that the only way she sees any repercussions is if the White House decides, right, to punish her. Yeah, and that's how the law is written. The White House has to decide this, which. I'll give you one guess about whether or not that happens.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Once again, another rule or law that we have that clearly is toothless and there's just no point to it.
1: Well, it's toothless because Trump violates this on a weekly basis. Yeah. It mean, also he, he's system. used his platform to everything that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it be against candidates, companies. My question is, why didn't they come out and say that about Trump?
0: <laughs> that's also a good point. I mean, why uh, are you shooting
1: for the lowest Hanging fruit on the thing. That's well, uh, because the, <laughs> the president is currently
0: above the law anyway. Well, I so. saw that, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> to answer that question, I mean, Trump himself thinks that the Hatch Act is unconstitutional. Hmm. Sure, you can make <laughs> that argument, make yeah, you that, could, uh, you bring could. it up in court. Yeah. yeah, this is a violation of a federal employee's First Amendment rights. Yep. Um, I mean, this argument has gone before the Supreme Court twice in the last century. And both times they've said, no, this is constitutional.
1: Not McConnell and Trump's Supreme Court, though.
0: That's the difference. Yep. So when you're a federal employee, you're supposed to be held to a higher standard because you represent everybody, not just your party. And that's why the Hatch Act exists. You're not supposed to just be out there shilling for whoever you think is the person that's going to help you stay in power. And unfortunately, that's the situation we find ourselves in now.
1: Or attacking people that you yeah, don't on the, want to on the flip side. get some traction yeah absolutely
0: so next up uh the house oversight and reform committee which is democratically controlled it's going to hold a hearing on it again pretty toothless until the white house decides to take action which we know they won't next up on the list is press secretary sarah sanders former right has announced she's going to be <sighs> stepping down from her job at the end of this month
1: good
2: riddance what was her job
1: press secretary man like oh yeah
0: but i mean what were her responsibilities the last six
1: months what do you think she was actually doing day-to-day lying no i mean (laughs) say when she wasn't on camera which she wasn't right and we stopped doing briefings right what literally what do you guys think she was doing probably like writing shitty jokes
2: for her father's terrible late night show you think she just like was told you know what you're done here and then after like three or four months they finally said you know what you should probably resign because like you don't Actually work here anymore She's just been Showing up going through the motions,
0: she got like Collecting a paycheck Which yeah At that point Because she hasn't Done anything Yeah
2: Nothing But I
1: don't think They wanted her To step down immediately After all the controversy Right I think they wanted A little bit of time to pass Yeah She stopped talking to us Oh yeah Well they probably Didn't want her To jump down right then Right They wanted to kind of let it go Weed away from the consciousness. We don't have news stories about it. But um, she wasn't in my life. I'm happy she's not coming back into my life. I There's am that. Yeah. also
0: happy. She's the just next in line of a terrible, terrible heritage of, well, I guess I could say her family, too, because her father is a terrible person. But I was talking more so of past press secretaries in the Trump administration, because we, we had Sean Spicer out there lying mm. on a daily basis who really couldn't handle the heat. That he was getting from the press and would lash out and it just really didn't look very good. And they replaced him eventually with Sarah Sanders who at first did a reasonable job of coming in and looking like a voice of reason where she kind of like that folksy attitude and...
1: Where are you going with this? I'm telling you, like <laughs> I'm, I want to paint a picture okay. of so how like, drastically okay. this so fucking lost. I don't remember this time.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Where it was, like, a week.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, okay, okay. That week. <laughs> Didn't we have Mooch for, like, four days or something? Yeah, I think now? it was, like,
0: seven days or something. Yeah, yeah. Yep, the Mooch. Scare Mooch. Yeah, Scare <laughs> He was in there, too. And then uh, and then Spicer came back, and then he was out again, and then, right. you know, Sanders. But she was, at first, seen, like, a drastic difference from uh, Spicer.
1: Not hard, but, yeah. Right. Correct.
0: But very quickly, she got into her, you know, her MO of just being condescending as hell and flat out nasty to a lot of the reporters and, you know, ignoring their questions or talking down to them. I already said condescending.
1: She's a a Trump groupie. Yeah. Look at her and I see somebody like followed Guns N' Roses on the road mm. for like she's, all of the 1980s. This is yeah. just what I think of when I see her. Like she's just, I don't know if she has some kind of fascination with him, obsession, but there's, I mean, she's one of the ride or dies for Trump. That's for damn sure.
0: But, and she's like the queen of gaslighting. Big right. time. It's been her only job is just lie to people's faces for her entire tenure. So... What's she going to be remembered for? She's going to be remembered for eliminating press briefings, yep. which we used to have on a very regular basis. So dangerous. And then when we actually had press briefings, which by the time it was announced she was stepping down, we hadn't had one in over 94 days. Crazy. Yep.
1: That's qu- insane. Well, the new press briefing is Trump outside of the White House on the after his his helicopter lands, right? Yeah. yeah. 30 seconds.
2: Yeah. But then he's got Twitter. So what's the point? I mean, that is the press. That's the thing. thing. Are they even going to have someone in this position? Or are they going to start doing briefings again? Like, what's? I plan? don't think
0: they're going to start doing them again because they never work out well for the Trump administration because they don't hire anybody competent to run them. Well, they don't hire. They don't have anything to defend. Right. Like, in a positive manner. I don't think the press are going to that are going to push and they never want to be honest about it. What's going on? So they can't give honest answers. So the press are going to keep pushing. So it makes it confrontational. And it's just not a good look for the Trump administration. So they're almost better off not even having the briefings the way they've been doing.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. If you're going to lie, if you're just going to lie, then what's the point of having someone to lie Right. It makes the the briefing useless if you sit there and just
1: lie to their faces. You ask if they're going to refill this position. They're not. I mean, keep in mind, we still don't have a Secretary of Defense, Hmm. Secretary of Homeland Security. (laughs) We don't have an ambassador to the UN. Nope. Um, So... I don't think this one's getting filled either. Not I just really on the
0: top of the priority list, yeah. right? If The whole security missed, guy, the one that cares so much about the security of America, yeah, we, can't even appoint a secretary of defense. No. Care but we might press, go to war.
1: Uh, actually, story. I take that back. This probably will give. If Trump can find somebody that will go out there and take on sh- you know, shrapnel and bullets for him the way Sanders did and, and repeat the lies, this is probably the first position that gets filled.
2: Well, who's next in line from uh, Fox News? <laughs> that's probably where it comes from, right? Who's, who's like... Who's, Jesse Waters who's or, or someone up. like that? Yeah. yeah. Who's ready for another... Uh, or Laura Ingraham
1: will probably end up I
0: being think, our next press secretary. Oh, Ooh,
2: Tommy Lauren. There you go. Oh, God.
1: Or about that white girl that keeps posing with AR-15s and she, she yeah, could be... She she, can, she you know she what I'm talking about, right? Too. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the problem is that we can't even fathom any honest person taking this job
1: no, at this point. No, nobody with a... Future in politics or wants their career to keep going takes this position. Will How could you? You're just crazy. Because you're you going to, have to lie, lie. to you have to lie to everybody. But yeah. you have to. It's like the number one. Like if this was on LinkedIn, your number one thing would be like be able Looking to Looking for someone that's yeah, can lie. compulsive. Yeah. Lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no conscience.
2: Someone who lies and has no problem with it. Sarah Sanders, my
0: God. Just a few of the things that I've had a problem with. Besides, obviously, the blatant lying, just these little, like, things that she would just throw in reporters' faces that were, again, manufactured issues. Like, when a reporter would ask her a question or ask for comment on something, they'd email her, say, All right, here's the story we're running in the New York Times tomorrow. Does the White House have anything to say? They'd never respond. Times would run that piece. And then she'd sit and bitch and moan that nobody ever asked for comment. Like, well, Trump does the same thing. They just ignore it. And then they can play like they're the victims afterwards. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And it's so messed up. And if we made a drinking game out of um, her saying to a reporter, I'll get back to you on that. (laughs) We'd all be dead every time.
1: Well, those were the points where, like, she was like, this lie, just, it's not even feasible to do. For her. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is saying something. Th- those, if you went back and charted those, those, you'll find her moral ground, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those she was just like, no, nope, can't even, can't do that one, right. which is so crazy. The crazy thing is, he's only been in office for two and a half years. <laughs> and I mean, you just ran through. His turnover is insane. It's unbelievable. Every single Like, who's position? still there from, like, the original group? His son-in-law?
0: Yeah, his family. That's it. And uh, white nationalist um, Stephen Miller.
2: Train the swamp, baby. The best people. You're promised the best people.
0: Right. The best people then. And when anyone leaves under any kind of controversy, he's always like, well, that's that pro- that person's problem. Like, well, you're president. And none of them talk to You pe- had a
1: say in this. And none of them talk because they all have a, they can't talk. They they, they sign the non disclosure agreement.
0: And non disclosure, or they've got some cushy lobbying job after that they don't want to risk. Yeah. It's so corrupt. And I just can't believe that she had the gall, even this, uh, a quote from back in December, where people said, you know, when your time comes up, how do you want people to remember you? (laughs) And she said she wants to be remembered as both transparent and honest. And I can't believe the people in the room did not burst out fucking laughing in her face when she said that. Because she is the most dishonest press secretary, I guess, since Sean Spicer. But before that, <laughs> you have to go back a long time. Even during like, the Bush administration, we're talking about the the Iraq war stuff going on. I, I don't even think that hits the level of dishonesty that Sarah Sanders has shown.
1: No, I mean, that was one concentrated lie by a large group of people to get something done. The Iraq war we're talking about. Yeah. Right? (laughs) The That's what you're saying, right? Weapons of mass destruction. I mean that was a constant one concentrated lie to get to an end game. That was a A to Z lie. This is every single day (laughs) lying when the truth's easier most times. Like it was just just she's not even a sociopath with this. It's I don't even there's not even a title for what she's done. The fact that she came out and used those two words to say what she wanted to be remembered by either she's the biggest troll of all time but I think she means it. I think she
0: does, too. I think she genuinely believes she was a great public servant and that she did her job the best she could. That's disgusting. Which is horrifying to me. Ugh. So, yeah, the queen of gaslighting. That's what she'll forever be known in my mind as until inevitably, uh, the next one comes by.
1: Hey, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, good riddance, Sarah Sanders. Let's just keep running down some lies, then. I like lies. Let's just keep that theme going. Uh, we've got uh, next on the list, we have uh, Trump's campaign polls. I don't know if you guys saw this right. story. It really ties into, we were talking about Kellyanne Conway before, because Kellyanne Conway created a, or had a stake in a polling company that was created some years ago. And that can, that polling company was hired to do some polls, as you would, for the Trump Administration for his re-election campaign. Now these polls came back with some pretty negative information. It showed him down in a bunch of key battleground states like Michigan and uh, Wisconsin. Yep. And they they tested 17 states. And then news of this broke out. Right, it was leaked out that hey, he's polling pretty poorly, especially against Joe Biden right now. Yeah. Against
1: and, a lot of the top candidates, yeah,
0: though. Yeah. Even he's not winning. Well, we had, yeah, we had to find that out after the fact. Because yeah, yeah. at first it was just Biden, and that's like that was word on the street. Here's what's going on behind closed doors. And Trump had to come out, and he said, quote, they're giving out phony polls. Right? <laughs> of course. So he's calling them fake news, as usual. And then he continues by saying, these are polls that we have that nobody saw. We do very little polling, because I'm not a huge believer in polling. Of course not. But we have some internal polling, very little. And it's unbelievably strong. The strongest I've ever been is exactly today. Oh my God. That's the end of his quote. So he's trumping all over the place with that, (laughs) that little speech he gave there. Which is it, Donald? Is it, we have polls, we don't have polls. Are you doing well in them? Or are you doing the best ever? Like he can't make up his mind in this like three sentences he has. These three disjointed, incomplete sentences that he has.
1: Does he have no one he trusts? Because I'll tell you this. When he says we do very little polling because I'm not a huge believer in polls, right? When he says this, if he just said that and said, look where your polls got you in 2016 and left it at that, phenomenal. Much more convincing you? Holy shit. Yeah. I say, dunk. you know what? You know, yeah. Drop if the mic. If you have a goddamn campaign manager yeah. or anybody you trust, they'd be like, stop right there. Yeah. That's it. That's incredible. You you can completely get rid of all of this news right now, and guess what? We wouldn't have shit to say about it because he was not winning in 16 based on every poll we read. All the smart people we talked to, he just cuts that sentence out and then walks away from the mic. That's fantastic. He looks like the stable genius. Good job by him because you know what? You're completely correct. Yeah, it could all be bullshit. But no, he's got to keep going. Now we have internal ones. I'm at the strongest point I've ever... Just yeah. shut up, man. You're <laughs> so bad at
0: this. And so he just blatantly lies about it. And then the polling data from four of those 17 states gets leaked out to ABC because someone internally is like, well, fuck that. You know, let's right. show you what it's all about. And it just proves that Trump is either just an idiot or a liar. It shows him down in all those states. You don't need an or. <laughs> idiot liar. And now we get to today and to announced that Trump has uh, cut ties with that polling firm entirely. <laughs> so Kellyanne Conway's polling firm is gone. They were fired over the leak of polls that Donald Trump
2: said didn't exist. Oh,
1: No honor amongst like, the Can man. you
0: wrap your head around that for like, a that's, second? That's some kind of mental pretzel that we've wrapped ourselves Very up Very
2: little in. polling, but the little that we do, he's doing the best ever today. Right. And then the polls leak. But they're they- not real polls. But they're not real and then we have to fire the polling firm
0: that made those polls. Right.
1: Which is run by Kellyanne. You know what's going to be phenomenal? She probably has already done this. Has she come out yet to denounce her own polls that she owns? She must. I mean, she's she got has to, it. right? It's coming.
0: I haven't seen it. But his campaign manager has. They said these polls yes the ones that were leaked are legitimate so again
1: what does she do what does she do here
0: she's co- coordinate your efforts here guys like <laughs> He has his own cam- campaign manager undermining what trump said publicly admits that it's real and then says but that's old data Ugh. from before the Mueller report was made public spin spin, spin. and that he was exonerated right and this is back before all oh, the Democrats were chewing each other apart, and now he does better. No way. They're trying like, to convince that us that insane. They're trying
1: to convince us that polling got better after the Mueller report. No way. Yep. I mean, he was exonerated, so of course it did. No obstruction, no collusion. Yeah, exactly. Say yeah. it correctly. Oh, um, that's
0: not a Mayor Pete shirt. That's a Donald Trump 2020. You brought the Donald Trump 2020 <laughs> shirt back in here, Dennis.
1: <laughs> I told you to keep that out of you. I'm so excited to see how Kellyanne Conway handles this. Not well, will, be my, no, will be my guess. I don't know. What she, you have to, she has to announce her own religion or keep her
2: company afloat. Well, I mean, the company's done, right? I mean, what, what?
0: they've been fired from the administration, but I assume they're, they're still available to run polls right, for but uh, like Steve Bannon or any other kind of like white nationalist.
2: I guess so. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Let's have some fun, gentlemen. Okay. Let's
0: have our quiz of the week. And this will probably be our last quiz about uh, Democratic candidates that we're going to run. We'll, we'll switch up the topics a little bit, but with the primaries next week, we've kind of gotten down to the wire on the top people. Today's candidate's a little bit of an outlier. We'll have both Jeff and Dennis play.
1: Battle for the second mic.
0: Yes. that oh, <laughs> that's You probably shouldn't have brought that up it's because still a that's thing. a great idea,
1: Jeff. I definitely shouldn't have brought this up because I'm going to lose because the only <laughs> candidate I care about is Pete Buttigieg.
0: All right. So the winner of this... Quiz. Whoever gets the most questions right (laughs) will take over as the official co-host of the Drinking Liberally podcast, and the other person will be relegated
1: to a third mic every week. And that, sir, is the fake news of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I skipped ahead? Sorry.
0: (laughs) So this week's quiz is going to be about the uh, internet and Reddit darling, Andrew Yang. Ah. Good. I like Cameron All right.
1: Know nothing about him. <laughs> <laughs> he can so walk in this room right now, and be like. Ah, you're
0: in good shape then for somebody. keeping your hosting duties, huh? <laughs> How Let's are you feel about?
2: about this? Look, I've got a I got a good streak going, so I'm just gonna. Dez uh, has a, a bunch of three for fives going for him. Yeah, I'm gonna. got
0: three for fives. I'm, I'm gonna roll with that
1: job. And uh,
2: absolutely uh, Nobody has seen these questions. Absolutely yet. not. Believable. Absolutely not.
0: I wrote these up. Literally like half an hour ago. I so. will, I will <laughs> Trump all over this. Ooh. <laughs> He's calling fake news. He's going to ask for a recount. <laughs> My oh, God. Oh God. Let's get into it. So reminder of the rules here. You guys get the question wrong. You drink some of that fabulous Barbados rum. You've gotten those glasses there. Yes. Yeah. If you get it right, I'll drink. You ready? Let's do it. Question number one. Andrew Yang is from what? Upstate New York City. Is it A, Albany? B. Schenectady C. Rochester D. Lake Placid
1: I'm going to go with Schenectady.
0: I'm going to go with Rochester. Jeff is correct with Schenectady. Sorry, Dennis. Nope. <laughs> so Dennis and I will Cheers. drink on that. Cheers, my friend. Question number two. Andrew Yang's a big proponent of universal basic income. But because it tests better with conservatives, he's decided to rebrand it as what? A. Basic living stipend B. Utopian credits, <laughs> C, citizens' income, D, freedom dividend. I'm gonna say A. You choose basic living stipend.
2: Yep. Uh, freedom dividend.
0: Dennis is correct. Freedom dividend. Nice. You throw freedom on anything, and you're you're getting some supporters. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on,
2: freedom fries. Come on now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Andrew Yang supports giving a thousand dollars a month, no strings attached, to anyone over the age of eighteen.
1: Okay. All right,
0: mm-hmm. and that is to combat what we're going to talk about in the next question. We got a tie game. Here's question three: What does Yang say is the biggest threat to American workers? Is it A, CEOs of major corporations? B, robots? C, immigrants? Or D, foreign labor? now we go first. I'll, I'll go first. One of you just
1: pick uh, robots. B. All right.
0: Yeah, robots. Both of you going robots, and that is the correct answer. Andrew Yang is a uh, a huge supporter of human rights. Versus robot rights.
1: (laughs) And he's not wrong.
0: He's very afraid of automation.
1: Not afraid, but he wants to get ahead of it.
0: Yeah. He recognizes the threat that automation poses to human workers right now. They're coming for your job. This isn't a tornado
1: warning, it's a tornado watch.
0: Mm. All right, so still a tie game right now. Question number four. What law school did Andrew Yang attend? Son of a bitch. Every time. We have this question for like every candidate. Every it's always time. the every, toughest. I never think I, of, I every never time. Looked. And I'm pretty sure every I always time. put the same four choices as well. <laughs> A, Harvard, B, Yale, C, Columbia, or D,
2: Stanford? I'll go first. C, uh, Columbia. I was going to go with Columbia, but now I'm wondering whether I should. I'm going gonna, gonna to stick with Columbia. Yeah. You're both right. No. Okay. You keep the tie alive. Nice. Oh, my goodness. Nice.
0: This is exciting. So, yeah. you went to Columbia for uh, law school. Our tiebreaker. On the topic of school. What did he study in undergrad? Was it A, economics, B, biology, C, English, or D, physics? I'm going to go with uh, biology.
1: I'm going to say from the how he's kind of put on the robots thing, I'm going to say he was in economics.
0: Jeff is correct. He was an economics major in his undergrad, and Jeff is our champion good for job. this good week. Good
1: job. And he will continue to
0: be our
2: co-host.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey! I forgot to just now that we put that on the line. Yeah. did <laughs> later news, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drink. Salute. On. Congrats, guys. That was a good round. Yeah. Good job. Tom. Well done.
1: I like Andrew Yang. His page is filled with around.
0: so many policies. His I would, website.
1: I would like to see him in a, you know, a Senate role or House role, yeah. Vice President at some point. Like, I'm not sure I'm on the President Dunlady. bandwagon right now. Yeah.
2: Um. Let's see how he develops a little bit, but I like that guy. I think he's actually one of the first candidates that announced running for president. Very early. Yeah. yeah. But it was so early that people were like. It was, like, it was like the day after like the 2018 elections or something like that. And no one like, knows just, who he is. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, okay, whatever, man. Shut up. And I remember hearing about him and kind of forgetting about him and then hearing about him again and being like, this sounds familiar. Who is this guy? He's, he's pretty good. I like him. Before we get off this, can I ask
1: you guys a question about kind of his thing about um, the universal income? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see how you guys feel about that, where you think that's going to go. Um, but most importantly, with this $1,000 for everybody across the board, that's really stupid. <laughs> because $1,000 in Alabama is a lot different than $1,000 in Los Angeles, right? Like, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that money is not the same money. I don't know if
2: it matters, though. Does it? Yeah. I mean... $1,000 like, you didn't
1: have to that money, But I mean, if that money is supposed to go towards housing and making sure you can eat, right? Those, I mean, that money is not going so you can... Pay your car payment, right? That's supposed to be ideally that's earmarked for the essentials in living costs, right? It's a lot different your living costs. If I'm not picking on Alabama, which I find I'll pick on Alabama, um, <laughs> but if you can get a two bedroom in Alabama for six hundred dollars, we have a couple of listeners from Alabama. That's so fine. Great. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> for your guys. Carefully. I'm really sorry. Um, you can't live in the lobby of somewhere in Jersey for a thousand. I'm just saying, like that money is going to have to be adjusted.
2: So I don't. I don't think it'll be. Unreasonable to somehow adjust it For the area but at the same yeah, time you can,
1: do that, you can do it off the, the, the housing Prices the index
2: yeah but index I mean index. There's also like What if I What if I work remotely what if I live mm-hmm. In Alabama but I actually work Remotely God, out of God New God York so I get I, paid New York I wages. think it's going to be your
1: I don't think that's Going to I think it's going to come down it should come down to your Address and cost of living Because you there's a cost of living index for every state You know exactly I mean I think it's going to have to be adjusted on
2: that. We're just getting off topic. I I I just
1: think $1,000 across the board, that was not thought out.
2: I just just personally think I don't think it matters. I don't think that's the point. I don't think his point is this $1,000 should cover X amount, X percent of your expenses. I think it's just here's some money and automation is coming and you can use that for... You know, having something in the bank, Whatever, you can yeah. use it for job training. You can use it for something. It's not so. It's not so something you can live on. It's not like right. well. Oh, to be fair, I'll not work, and you can I, live on this. It's, I think this it's is a, what it's about. I think it's a half-baked idea.
1: I don't think he's fully formed exactly what he wants this to be, and I think he's kind of alluded to that. But how do you guys feel about? Well, do you think this is something that's going to have to happen at some point? I think. I think, do, it, I think that,
0: definitely it happens eventually. Maybe not in our lifetimes, but it's ideally. I think we touched on this in a previous episode, but i think it has to happen we, in our lifetime yeah i agree if you want to end up in a world where we've automated 90 percent of things even service industry jobs are going to be automated eventually And that's like the last standing bastion right now we have like cars can be built on manufacturing lines they have been for a while but now to an even greater extent we, yeah as ai builds out sales reps will be replaced yeah you can you can you, have can, a you can buy cars
1: from a vending machine right
0: exactly now. like all these jobs yep. are going to be replaced, and what are we going to do with people? People still have bills and food that they need to pay for? It's going to be a necessity down the line. Maybe, Col- not, to, maybe not in the it's next years. It's optimistic for you
1: saying that 50 years. I mean, this is this is way happening a lot quicker, quicker than that. Than that. Oh, yeah.
0: I assume our lifetime. I assume the the drinking here is going to kill us in the next no, 10. No, that helps you still. So. Doing- <laughs> so when I say lifetime, I mean very shortly. So let's say
1: we all have 50 years left. We see this inside of 20. It's very possible. 20 become a problem if we're not ahead of it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think this, this is a requirement. I think the way I see technology moving, we're going to be in a situation where the unemployment rate is going to be so high. And I, and I do know that as industries disappear, there, there are new opportunities and new industries and everything like that. But I think the, the trend is your employment rate is going to go up a lot. Right. That's the way it used to work. Well, there's a... New
0: industries replace replacing old ones, but we're really getting away from that because a lot of these industries are going to be replaced, again, by robots or automation, AI systems, things like that, that can do multiple jobs by themselves. So it's not necessarily like, oh, here's coal being replaced by solar or wind or things like that. And like more of a one-to-one replacement system. This is... I guess manufacturing lines are the greatest analogy we have. Just automating those lines, getting like, you know, model
1: T's. It's already happening. Where we have
0: people hand building and then you set up manufacturing lines that now you don't need, you need half as many people because you have some machines to easily build it. I mean,
1: you can drill it down more. I mean, they keep cashiers at grocery stores to keep cashiers at grocery stores. They're not needed. Right. That's completely just, it's just so, I mean, you go in now, I mean, Drilling it down to the ridiculous, right? You go in now, like they have two lanes open because people still like lanes. But yeah,
2: it's not beneficial for that store. Do you guys what go so to the self checkout? Yes, time? every time. If it's I there, I go there every time, Same. and I'm upset if. I don't have that
1: option. The only time I don't is if I'm buying produce and shit that I have to go. Search. Yeah. That's and that's the time. That's, that's, it. Pain. Yeah. Yep. that's a pain. Yeah. That's a pain. If I'm buying stuff that I can scan the fucking label every time. Yeah. But if, Done. if I'm buying like green beans. like right. No, I'm going to somebody. Cause I'm yeah. like, I don't want to, I don't want to push the button. Lazy as shit ever. Right. There's like
2: eight different or three different brands of green beans. I don't, or don't know, know. Right. right potatoes yeah. or or whatever it may be. And I, I, I'm not, have time well, to figure out what my that red is. Red pepper costs more than my yeah, green exactly. pepper. Nah, yeah, exactly. No, just figure that out for me. Like one thing people need to realize is we talk about the unemployment rate being like 3% or 4% or whatever.
0: We do not take into account anyone that's given up looking for jobs. And our unemployment numbers also do not reflect the number of people that have to work multiple jobs to make ends meet. Correct. Yeah. So it's very... It's so skewed. skewed. It's
1: wildly... I mean you're putting people in there that work at McDonald's and then have to go babysit and clean houses or whatever the case may be like that's... And you're like, well, that person's
0: employed, so it doesn't count. But like, no, but that person's barely making... They're not making a living wage. And can't afford to feed their family. So we have other struggles there where now maybe that person has to go on food stamps or something like that. And for anyone that is anti-food stamps... Oh, Trump's attacking those now, too. Screw you, first of all. Yeah, we talked about that last week, too. We're not getting into an argument about that right now. But... If you're anti any kind of, uh, I hate the term, but like the term the right will use is government handouts, mm-hmm. bullshit, mm-hmm. right? But if you're against those, but then against giving a living wage, a living wage to workers, then you know, get your priorities in order here, yeah. Because you don't have to worry about food stamps if you're paying people a living wage.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I just think the number of people that aren't working is going to continue increase. Mm-hmm. And that's key issue. Like, retraining is one thing, and we have to deal with that. But there are just not going to be jobs for everyone. And we need to figure out how people are going to cont- continue to be consumers.
1: No, there has to be a living wage. I mean, the, yeah, the study, It's like the scientific studies for climate change. This, this is real shit. Like, we have real Snapping. data. Yeah, We know what's coming. This is not going to – shouldn't shock anybody. But if we're – and like you just said – even if we give out this living wage, food stamps aren't going away because people aren't always going to use it for the right reasons and it just fucking is what it is. Food stamps are fine. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's a very hot take right there. Food stamps are fine. The vast vast
0: majority of people that are on food stamps need them to get out of a bad situation. Babies and kids should eat. get off them in a short period of time. Babies and kids should eat. I think I said this on a previous episode, but if I didn't, I'm going to reiterate it. And if I did, well, now you have to listen to it again. I'm kind of excited for the idea of a universal basic income or a freedom dividend as Andrew Yang likes to call it simply because of the fact that it'll free people up to do whatever they are passionate about and maybe that's like the idealist in me.
1: So we're going to get paid to do this podcast?
0: Yeah maybe (laughs) but just think about all the artists or musicians or filmmakers that never got to do what they're really good at because they couldn't afford to go to school for it or couldn't they had to make a choice between, do I spend my time feeding my family, working a minimum wage job, or can I record an album or something like that? I feel like we'll see an explosion
1: of arts. You're still in on that the world. idealistic side of this, though.
2: Oh, absolutely. Because if we're Isn't talking
1: a thousand dollars, I mean, I don't know if you've been to the I'm grocery sure stores lately. Right. right. <laughs> but uh... but it'll
0: make a difference for some people, definitely. No, I understand. That, that. are yeah, like yeah. on that cusp. It won't fix it for everybody, but. That's the exciting side of it to me That we'll see people that have a drive To explore sciences And now they can explore computer science And they're going to be programming The next best AI We can let there. creators create Yeah, I love that idea
1: Oh man, let's, I mean, let's roll with that right away
0: So our last major topic of the week Is going to be our fake news of the week And this will be related to Mike Pompeo Our Secretary of State being super horny for war Hey Yeah <laughs>
1: This guy... Kids listen, bro. Yeah.
0: Jesus. I'm sorry, children. Horny's not so used enough. Good last job. week, last Thursday to be exact, two oil tankers, one owned by Japan, one owned by Norway, were attacked in the Strait of Hormuz in Iran. Now, our Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is blaming Iran for the attacks, saying they did this. It was their little boats that came and put mines up against the ship and the problem the reason why this is fake news of the week is that a lot of our allies are calling bullshit on this japan who owns one of the tankers doesn't think that's the case wow one of the ship's captain says no that's not what happened germany who wasn't directly involved but again a major nato ally says bullshit we want proof Right now, we have the United Kingdom, who stands beside us on just about everything, and Saudi Arabia, who has been itching to go to war with Iran over anything. Those are, the, those are our people backing us right now. Now, this is an attack that happened on Trade Route. Those waters are all territorial waters of Iran. It was within their own area. Why they would attack these ships within their own maritime borders is beyond me. Something smells a little off. Everything is very fishy about this. Yeah, And even, you know, the leader of Japan, uh, Shinjo Abe, was in Iran last week, talking with them, negotiating with them because they can't really negotiate with America because they refused to negotiate with Donald Trump. I could see why.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Iran has nothing to gain from attacking these
1: ships. Can we talk to... This is a... D-news story, which makes me it even... It should be huge. It was more fishy, right? This is not... This is the most I've heard talked about It is as you explain to me right now. Like, it's, it's worrisome because
0: we have some of our major allies like Japan and Germany asking for more information because they don't believe us, which is wild ties into our the u.s has a major credibility problem right now because of the trump administration yeah serious it used to be and for better or worse you said all right uss coal was attacked al-qaeda's behind it the world community is behind you we stand behind you and then you know we know where that leads later on even with um the war in iraq the u.s said we think there's weapons of mass destruction united kingdoms stood behind us as they always do and yeah. everyone followed yep now they're calling bullshit and rightfully so because we have a history now of just creating pretenses for war that no one wants to get mixed up in anymore this should worry us and we should be so cognizant of this level of deception because we're only what 16 years out from the start of the iraq war yeah We saw all this play out in real time. We're in the cycle.
1: It's ready to happen again. Yeah.
0: We watched it all. And I can't embarrassingly I cannot say that I was someone that was against it from the start, the Iraq war that is.
1: Well they were very convincing about it. But there are a lot of people that
0: were right about it and they protested and we didn't take them seriously. And look what we've done over the last you know, decade and a half. We've destabilized an entire region of the globe. To catastrophic effect Yep Countless untold people dead And this would lead to more than that This we're, would be worse This
2: is happening I hope not No, oh, it, it is I think it's happening it's And I, happening. And I think The thing that's terrifying to me And we joke about Trump all the time But I think that's Like you said earlier It's just terrifying that We're in a place now Where it really doesn't matter I think what The administration comes out and says They could come out and say Country X has attacked us or done this or done that. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to buy it. I mean, uh, right. It, Even it, if it was legitimate, if, at this yeah, point. exactly. If it, like they, they showed this video evidence of something or whatever. And I'm like, the worst, I like, don't know what that is. The worst cell phone camera quality. Yeah. Video.
1: Why would you believe it? We
2: were actually attacked. Russia attacked us. Yeah. They, and they we're being attacked told. Us. And they don't care. And we're told over they were and not over doing again anything that it didn't that. happen. Or that it was not real or something like so. But now it, some flimsy stuff happens, and like you said, at the borders of Iran. Right. And there's trade waters. And all these other countries are saying, nah, we don't think so. Like, it's, I think to me, that's the most terrifying thing. If something really, really happened, I'm going to sit back and say, yeah, I don't buy it. Right. No, I mean, Pompeo saw that there was no support for this, there's been zero. Like,
1: there's not been people grabbing their American flags, going, USA, let's go to Iran. Right. There's Absolutely n- not. And that happened during Iraq, right? It did. There was a big groundswell of there was. patriotism, and, and every, there was a lot of people behind it. There yeah. were protesters that weren't, but the majority were. No one's speaking about us needing to go to war with Iran. Nah. Nobody wants no. There is no one standing on their lawn right now going, we got to go in there with ground troops, zero people. Yeah. So, you know, you manufacture it, right? You There's say no, we've been attacked. Yeah. Yeah. There's
0: no appetite for war in this country past what we're especially not this war
1: absolutely not now if you turn around and say we need to go to war with russia to keep them off our elections not war no let's not do that either but i use that word not like we need to send troops in there and bomb russia right but do we need to protect ourselves from them and and be a little bit more i
0: think russia is a much bigger threat yes do we need to be more a
1: little more aggressive a little more with what we're doing with them yes no one's asking this for iran they didn't mess with our elections not flying planes into towers here. Like, what the fuck are we talking about?
0: I mean, it really just stems down to, boils down to the fact that is another Obama achievement was the Iran nuclear deal that Trump railed against Obama's entire administration. He was on Twitter saying this is a two million deals. Yeah. And came in and, you know, decertified the Iran deal, which Iran was still complying with despite America pulling yep. out of it or announcing they would. Now they are not and because there are other signatories to it including a lot of our major allies in europe that said this is a great deal we should pursue this and iran was like well you know american president will probably change in a few years we will continue to abide by this in good faith with the rest of europe and hope for the best and now with all this tension ratcheting up that's all built from the united states side yeah now Iran's like, well, you know what? If that's how it's going to be, fuck it. Then we will stop abiding by the rules yep. and we will build nuclear weapons because that's the only thing that's going to protect us from you invading.
1: They're grabbing the low grade uranium. They're they want to power their cities more. I mean, it's not all shady. They want they want more actual of it. nuclear power. Yeah, yeah sure. they they want more of it. It helps their whatever they're doing there. But um, can you blame them if they wanted nuclear weapons to this point? Because it's worked for North Korea. One hundred percent. North Korea. He's bowing. Trump's is bowing down. It's immune. his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's more protective over North Korea than he's our. Al- I mean, our right. allies are all looking at us like it'd be like if we brought Dennis on as, as the third host, right? And he comes in here and we're like, You mean? And and for our like. her current second host? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and most 90% of the time he's good, but like 10% of the time he just goes on like homophobic rants, right? And this is what I think the rest of the UN is looking at us right now like, What the fuck? Like, we're back in the United States like we always have. We're in this thing, but. Now he's hanging out with Kim jong-un right like, what the yeah what's fu- he doing on the w- side of our credibility is happening? destroyed right there's no good end to this and the sad thing is war is good for Trump
2: yeah again, I, I just want to say I agree with everything we're saying, but let's also not forget Iran is not a great actor you know they are they I think there is proof that they fund some terrorist organizations and they fund some some bad actors in the region. They they're not like our best friend. The the negotiation or the agreement that uh, Obama got was a great step in preventing them from having nuclear weapons. But it didn't address the a lot of the other stuff they were doing that like long range ballistic missiles. Right. It, it didn't address exactly. a lot of things mm-hmm. that Trump has talked about. But sure. like the solution would not be to throw away the agreement that actually is working. It would be to negotiate on the other things that you want to work on, but not throw away the stuff that's actually preventing them from getting a nuclear weapon. No, yeah, the, you the, take
0: the, good faith steps with the first agreement, and then you work on future ones. We say, all right, we've talked about nuclear weapons. We're going to keep you from enriching uranium. And now let's talk about those ballistic missiles to keep firing. Let's right. make it so that you can't fire a missile you know, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000 miles away. Let's talk about that next. And the way that you build that goodwill is by abiding by these international agreements, which we as a country, the United States, has not done. So, why would they trust us with any future agreement at this point? And why would any yeah. other country trust us with an agreement? No reason to. Why it. would North Korea enter in any kind of denuclearization agreement after they've seen how we've treated Iran? It's so backwards. This diplomacy is just, it's not even diplomacy. It's, it's not it's diplomacy. just stupid.
1: No, it's, it's backwards, but you're not seeing where it's backwards. We can't try to go to war with Iran over this while we hold hands with North Korea. This does not make any sense yeah, whatsoever. Zero sense. Yeah. We cannot stand there. And if you want to talk about all the human rights atrocities, all of the things where they're not abiding by these agreements, North Korea is 1A on the offender list. Absolutely. Let's not make this—he can't make this any more clear. The worst. Like, should Iran—should at some point Iran be held accountable for what they're doing? 1,000%. Are they clean? Are they good? No. But if they're at least abiding by the rules to some extent— Like, that's not our number one target. North Korea is not doing shit. Trump's standing there while they're shooting off ballistic missiles, and he's like, Oh, it didn't bother me. Yeah, it bothered my team, but I didn't even see it. Right. Yeah. Like, he barely. It didn't even happen. They are killing political operatives. Like, this is. They are number one. So, why would anybody take us seriously? No. If we're going to allow that shit to happen, and listen, we're holding hands with them now. That is our. That's Trump's number one ally right
0: now. We've got that going on, and then. We can no longer hold the higher ground because we've ceded that because of the way we treat our immigrants coming in, too. So you can't even make the argument that, like, oh, well, North Korea or Iran, they all these human rights violations, while we're putting children in camps in our own yeah, country. Yeah, no,
1: we've got no moral high ground here. Right.
0: No. We've and ceded that entirely. It's so embarrassing.
1: And what's even worse is the only reason why our allies are sticking with us right now is because of reputation. Right. We are the most powerful country on earth. We have the the biggest, baddest military and technology. It just is what it is. But if they were given some time to sit down and think about this, if you got some of these leaders of these countries in a room with some truth serum, they'd be like, "Mm -mm, shit went down. We might pull Like, Why would they abide? We're not following the rules. Why would they? Do we know they're 100% behind us if we go to war?
0: And that's why all that talk, about uh nato and undermining nato has been so important yet swept under the rug it's a story but we fund like it we pay
1: for all of nato right we pay all the bills <sighs>
0: not true Ridiculous. anyway oh. but i'm gonna spend a whole episode talking about that but one of the things that countries like russia anyone that's i guess we can call them enemies right yeah uh yeah. russia does not have our best interests in mind they attacked so. our election they're right. enemy. period they want to undermine alliances like nato because it weakens the United States standing in the entire world
1: more than it is already and I mean attacking our democracy is as much as a attack on our people Actually dropping a bomb on us right because one of the big things about The Iraq fallout when we tried to clean it up a little bit was trying to make them a democracy sure right they try to clean it up, try yeah. to be like, oh, it wasn't about that as much as making them a democracy. So if you're attacking our democracy, it's it's a it's a terrorist attack on us um, the way we're set up. Yeah. The country. And, uh, and
0: to use that through line that you just mentioned about, it's, you know, you, you're looking to for regime change to build a democracy like that's not what the Iran stuff's about. No. And they're not going to welcome us. There were some people in Baghdad that welcomed American troops at first.
1: Yeah, we took it over in seven minutes. It like, was, of yeah, course. I think it was literally like seven
0: months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it no. was very quick.
1: We had that down before it needed to, yeah.
2: Iran You're not is,
0: getting that same reception in Iran. It's not
2: happening in Iran. It's not happening in North Korea. Well, it's, 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 I agree it's not going to happen in Iran, but, but it's not true that Iran's, like, there's a the younger population in Iran that is not pro Government. Their government, yeah. yeah, they they they're they're, they're the very United upset States. with their government. They're also not pro us coming in there and doing. bombing the shit. That I is also true. Yeah. That is also very true. It is not <laughs> the same as Iraq in any way. Let and, them do it. Yeah, and and just one other thing, like with get out of the way. You he mentioned Russia and, and them attacking us. Just little side note. Kudos to the American government or our CIA or whoever it is. I'm assuming this was not under the direction of Trump, huh. but apparently we have in retaliation to Russia, we put in, um, we've done some cyber attacks Shh. and we've gotten into, tell them, man. they already know this. You, Trump know, doesn't. you know
0: Putin listens to his podcast, right? He, Dude, Trump does this. not know this.
2: Stop it. <laughs> but we've uh, apparently gotten into their point, um, electrical grid and all that kind of stuff. I saw it, that. it just has a little like shot across the bow and to let Russia Don't know look. like, hey we'll, buddies. We'll shut your shit down. We, we can do this game too. Like, so let's just keep calm. You know what's scary about that? Do you know why we're in that? Because they were in ours. Oh yeah, it's it's totally reactionary. Right. It's not like yeah, it's it's going to war with Russia, is really not a thing. I mean, we've both got nukes. No, it's that's uh, it's game over. Sure it's not a thing. But shutting down electrical drid, grids, uh, taking out you know infrastructure and all that kind of stuff. Crash that's, the stock market. Yeah, th- these are the kind of things that I think are going to happen.
1: We joke about this. The fact that if it's true, and who knows. The fact that our intelligence agencies are unwilling to share information about what they've done in Russia for fear of the highest position holder in our country leaking it to Putin is fucking terrifying. Yeah, Mm. like that's Trump has been really quick lately to throw out the word treason. He's used it a lot lately more than normal and i feel like he's a very self-reflective person like if something's against him he'll throw it out to other people right Um,
0: projecting yes that's what that's called yep
1: he's if we can't talk to him about what's going on in this country he doesn't read briefings that's it's fucking terrifying
0: and on the note of the intelligence agencies we have our allies asking for more information and proof in this iran situation that's going on And we're not presenting it. So we as citizens should not accept the word of the government right now with this. We should be saying, prove it to us. Yeah. Get on TV. Explain to me in the most granular detail what happened here. Tell me who these actors were that came in and blew up this ship. Mike Pompeo's claiming these guys came up on a ship and were removing undetonated mines from the side of the ship. Meanwhile, the Japanese are saying, no, something hit them from the water like a torpedo, mm-hmm. not a mine. They would have noticed the mine. All of it's so fishy that we just got to get away from that.
2: What I've said before, it's it's terrifying to me because we, we've we been through the whole Iraq war buildup and weapons of mass destruction And, you know, pictures of moving missile silos and Mm -hmm. stuff that ended up not being real. Honestly, with this president, he could come up with perfect, flawless evidence. I'm probably still going to think it's shady. It's just it's just a bad situation to be. We just got to get rid of this guy.
0: What I worry about right now is that we're in like another Gulf of Tonkin situation. Yeah. And for any listeners that aren't familiar with the Gulf of Tonkin incident, that's a situation in uh, 1964 where we had a uh, destroyer boat the USS Maddox was hanging around in waters outside of North Vietnam and they reported being attacked by North Vietnamese torpedo boats hmm and since then it's kind of come out that that whole incident was overblown there was I believe like one place where there was a bullet in the destroyer boat right so they, they claim there's a big firefight going on between the North Vietnamese boats yeah. and the USS Maddox. And really, that doesn't seem that was the case. And the United States government used that as a pretext to really ramp up our involvement in Vietnam. We had about 23,000 troops, not a small number in Vietnam at the time. But after that, we ramped up to almost 184,000 people. Yeah. It really leads to everything that you know about the Vietnam War. Like that's, it's based on this almost like false attack
1: right, mm-hmm. that
0: happened. And when I heard about the Iran, the supposed Iran attacks on these two oil tankers, first thing I thought of was the Gulf of Tonkin. Absolutely, right? and the parallels are there, guys. Like history repeats itself. We should be learning from it, not repeating it. Let's not end up in another situation where, like, in Vietnam, like, 58,000 Americans died during that. We're not counting the number of Frenchmen, Vietnamese that died, yeah, no, that Cambodians, our side. like, people that died in this, like, untold number. Even if we're just looking at strictly from a nationalistic U.S. point of view, 58,000 Americans died during the Vietnam War. And if we try to go to war in Iran... This is not going to be like Iraq, where we don't want there's that. lots of mountains around it. They've got a lot of defense. It's not going to be a pretty war. It's no. brutal. We don't want any part of this.
1: And we don't need to be going to war there. It's all <laughs>
0: just self-made. It's another manufactured crisis by the Trump administration. Yep. This is the thing that scares me most right
1: now. Iran's a country that can be crippled with sanctions. Mm-hmm. We don't need to Absolutely. put troops on the ground. We do not need to be Diplomacy shooting off missiles. Works. And if we had any credibility left, we'd be able to do this in conjunction with NATO and cripple them tomorrow. Like we could be like, oh, you want to put up your amount of nuclear weapons you got? Guess what? Here you go. And we sanction the shit out of them and we get out of there. Again, we're going to election season. We're going into a point where Trump's le- losing in the polls. I'm fucking terrified of the fact that war is good for him. Yeah. And he's got a guy in Pompano that's ready to lead the brigade on this. So,
2: And this, this, the scary thing is that Iran, the people in Iran used to, used to support like negotiating with America because they didn't like the sanctions. They didn't like the negative impact on their economy and their way of life. And now that we've totally backed out out of that whole agreement, you're not going to have that support How anymore. Feel? Right. You're not yeah. going to have that support from the people in Iran anymore. So the people in Iran are probably like, screw America. Like, why negotiate with them? There's no reason to negotiate with them. So now the one group of people in that country that were probably pro-America or at least not anti-America and were for negotiating... Now they're just like, well, they can't be trusted. So now you've v- undermined
0: our entire stance. Absolutely. In the least. Again, it's a
2: disaster. There's no war. It's a warm disaster.
0: We never learn. That well, that's happen. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink too. Let's uh, let's have a little bit of this rum.
1: Did I say Pompano, Florida? Pompeo. You
0: said Pompano. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to say anything about it, but I'm glad you We've brought it. We've learned up. from
1: Mueller, Mueller. Yeah. Not the best with names. Make it into a drinking game. It's yeah. all right. All right. <laughs>
0: Well, that'll bring us towards the end of our episode here. So we're going to finish it up with some rapid fire things to keep an eye on. Number one on the list, breaking news today. We're recording this on a Monday. Supreme Court decided to undo a gerrymandering map in Virginia. This is actually great news. I thought this decision was going to go the other way based on the makeup of the court. But even the conservative-leaning court that we have said, this map is too fucked up to use. (laughs) And if you need some background on what happened here, essentially Republicans designed a map that gerrymandered the districts in such a way that it diluted the voting power of the black community. So they split up pieces of the black community. They would draw a line around just a portion of it, mix it in with a bunch of white people around the edges, and break it up that way. Because the black voters in Virginia typically vote Democrat, not 100%, but Mm -hmm. a majority do. And this is a way to prevent them from having a say. And thankfully, the Supreme Court made the correct decision to eliminate that gerrymandering and said, you got to make this a more equal map and have more equal representation for everyone that's in your state.
2: Well, I'm going to call you out there for a second. Yeah. Well, so my understanding is that um, the lower courts ruled it was, I guess, unconstitutional or whatever. Right. Then they appealed to the Supreme Court and Supreme Court basically just said, we're not going to um, hear it. We're not going to hear it. Yeah. Basically said, I think they said the Republican legislature doesn't have standing. Exactly. To uh, to to challenge this or whatever. So they didn't quite say this was wrong and you shouldn't be able to do this they just said you don't have the grounds to really to make this case i
0: think that's a very good distinction to make actually i'm actually glad you really you brought that up because yes the supreme court came down the side of what i just described yeah but they did not do it on a moral ground right. here strictly this case this particular case did not have legs to stand on, by law of the land. Yeah. So there will be future ones. There are actually, uh, I think, another two Supreme Court cases that have to deal with gerrymandering that we should keep an eye on. Terrifying.
1: As there. long as we, as long as no one passes away, that's on the right side of history here. Yeah. Uh, oh God. But
0: yeah, so this one came down on the right <laughs> oh.
1: side. Because if not, someone's gonna be shoehorned in there. That.
0: Only one more thing to keep on rapid fire today. We're running a little bit long, so I'm going to end on a, on a positive note.
2: I like positivity.
0: And this one's not even very political. It's just national. And that is the fact that the U.S. women's soccer group continues to steamroll. Beast mode. Everyone in their group. So they beat Chile this past Sunday, 3-0. That's after winning 13-0 over Thailand last week. Wow. And. By the time this episode drops, um, they'll probably have played their game in Sweden. And I'm thinking they're probably going to do pretty well against them as well. Yeah. Fingers crossed.
1: That's for the Group F uh, winner.
0: That's, yep. Yep. And, uh, so right now, U.S. 2-0 and with a 16-goal uh, differential in their favor. They're doing
1: okay. They're doing all right. I bought my daughter an Alex Morgan jersey Yes, uh, nice. last week. so uh, Nice. Love it. Let's end on that. Happy now just um, have them get paid more than the men because they're more successful and we'll be in good shape. <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. They should be paid more than the men
0: yeah. or at no. least equal. I think more people tune into women's World Cup. Well, than they're men's. better. Yeah. So. <laughs> they're a better team. So
2: by, by far, they're better. Yeah.
0: So on that note, we'll close out this week's episode. Dennis, thank you so much for drinking with us today.
2: No problem. Glad Always to be a back.
0: Pleasure to have you here, even if you've been relegated to third mic.
2: I'm happy with third mic. Just don't put me on fourth mic.
0: No, that's all right. That's for our buddy on the board over there, Yags. (laughs) So thank you, everyone, so much for joining us. If you want to get involved in the area, next week we are dropping our Drinking Liberally watch party during the debates. Join us. Join us. Join us. Jersey City, New Jersey. So if you're local, check us out. I will post links to that on our social media accounts. And if you want to follow us on those social media accounts, you could do so on Twitter and Instagram at drinking underscore pod, or check out our website, www.drinkingliberallypod.com. And we do have a Facebook group as well. Just look for the Drinking Liberally podcast on Facebook. You'll check us out there, get some directions to our viewing party. We hope to see you there. If not, check in next week. Cheers.